Rahim, Alhamdulillah, was salatu was salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Safina Society Nothing But Facts live stream where we are considerably late today, but there's a reason. We got some serious plans in the books and I was in a meeting. You know, it's all meetings, meetings, meetings. And this meeting, inshallah, what it's going to produce in the future for us is extremely exciting. You know, you're not, we're not going to be able to announce it now, but it's extremely exciting, I would say. Right? Uh, it will probably be announced in January. Maybe December. But it's extremely exciting uh, for, for, for our online community of people who want to live based upon the Qur'an the way of the Prophet, peace be upon him, and want to be connected to scholars and want to be connected to one another, uh, it's going to be extremely exciting. And uh, I think it's going to benefit a lot of people too. All right. Tafsir is on Tuesdays. I'm not going to say Tafsir Tuesdays because that sounds sort of tacky, like Taco Tuesdays. But usually we do Sira on Monday. We kick off the week because the Prophet was born on a Monday. So we kick off the week with the uh, Shama'ir or Sirah or anything related to the Prophet. And last, uh, uh, yesterday we read from a book. Everybody should have this book. Okay. Muhammad Masjid of Allah, Ash-Shifa by Qadir. It's not a light read. It's pretty heavy, right? But it's important, right? It's important for everyone to read this book. And, and any student of knowledge, any Talib Ilm has to. Is there even a discussion that any Talib Ilm or even just literate Muslim, middle-level literate Muslim, will have the Shifa of Qadiyad in English or Arabic or Urdu or whatever it is. Uh, Omar A, is that even a discussion? I don't. I personally don't think it's a discussion. It's not even a concept. To not have it is not even a concept. Uh, question for you. Why? What happened? Uh, Islamic Mortgage Halal. Uh, we put it as unlisted. If you have the link, you could still watch it. But the reason is that a lot of people felt that the clip may undermine all the attempts, any attempt to uh, contra, uh, to, 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 to go against the riba or to find a world, a way in which to transact without riba, right? A lot of people felt that that, that was the case. And as a result of that, um, we just put it as unlisted. People who want to see it can still see it, right? Because it is what the sheikh said, and the sheikh is, he knows, you know, uh, he's not going to say something that's, um, you know, contrary to the sharia, but some people may view that fatwa or that ruling or that route as undermining uh, the attempts to create a world without riba, a financial system without riba, uh, within the community. Um there are issues with a lot of the contracts that claim to be Sharia compliant. We're not going to go discuss that. But as Chocolate Wall is saying, many people are very angry in that video. Look, at Safina Saidi and Darul Fat and our program here, if an opinion is within the four schools, we put it out there. If it's a fatwa, then you got to use your judgment call how much you want to like, we're showing that the fetwa was there. I would be much more comfortable if it was a written PDF that we could share. Hey, this is the fetwa. Fetwa, it's, you read it. If your heart, if it settles with your heart, you follow it. And there's nothing, no blame against you. Okay. That's what the nature of a fetwa when it comes from its correct source. 
Okay. And um, Sheikh Amin Khalwadia is not going to bring you something that's that's going to be, you know, without all of the support, all of the intention, right, to 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 seek the rida of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So we have no doubt about that. All right, what else did we have to say? What else did we have to say? I had to say something. Can't believe I forgot. What was the other th- announcement that I wanted to make? Uh, what was the other announcement I needed to make? Hmm? I'm on a trip. Information's coming soon. Inshallah. Um, subhanAllah. Uh, forget it. It's okay. When I remember, I'll bring it up. Um, okay. Let's go to Surah Al-Mumtahina. You can say Al-Mumtahina. You can say Al-Mumtahana with a Fatha or with a Kasra. Okay. And this Surah is about a very, very important topic called Al-Wala Wal-Bara. Essentially, who are we loyal to? Who are our people? Okay. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, In hadhi ummatukum. This ummah of yours is one ummah. Right? So, this ummah is ours. And there is a concept of these being our people and those being not our people. That's wala and bara. And there's a middle category where they're not our people and we're not against them. And Allah mentions them too. So what are the three groups here? The, the three groups that Allah gives in this surah are those who have submitted themselves to God and his prophet. That's your, your spiritual family. Those who have submitted themselves to Allah and his messenger. That's our spiritual family. And that's we give wala' to them. What is wala' to them? Part of it, it means if he's oppressed, you have to support them. If he's the oppressor, you have to stop him. You're not going to fight against him, but you will stop him. Okay? And that is rectifying the situation. All right? You rectify the situation by stopping them. Okay? Secondly, the second group, the opposite group now, those who fight you, Fight your religion. Try to remove you from your homes because you're Muslim, not because of any other reason. Okay? I remember one time, a, uh, not going to say what ethnicity, but he was a Muslim, and he got shot. The whole community came, could not believe that a Muslim got shot. And they went and said, he's shaheed, etc. We went out, and lo and behold, what happened? The guy's a drug dealer. He got shot in a drug deal. He did not get shot because he was a Muslim, right? So as a result of that, we say, now that that's different now. You didn't get shot because of your identity as a Muslim. So this ayah is going to speak about those who fight you because you're Muslims, not fight you for another reason and you happen to be a Muslim. You see, there's a big difference between that, okay? There's a big difference there. Do you guys remember that the university, the little college in Minnesota where the art teacher was going to put some classical pieces of art in which the prophet was depicted in, in an attempt to honor the prophet and to, to, to glorify the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, some people painted him. 
right? They made paintings of the prophet sinfully. So they're, they attempted to glorify the prophet. And then some Muslim and, and the poor teacher, she's an art teacher. She's just, a, you know, she said, listen, I know Muslims may be offended. You don't want to attend this class. Don't attend the class. And there are no points against you. And then the Muslim students went on and said, this is Islamophobia. I can't believe this. I'm not, this is not a safe space, blah, blah, blah. The whole art community went against the Muslims for that reason. And the Muslims said, oh, see, this is Islamophobia. It's not Islamophobia or anything. It's not hate of Islam. No one targeted you as a Muslim. You got targeted because you went, you did, instead of going to the art teacher, right, who is basically telling you, I don't mean to offend you, and this is not a cartoon about the prophet, and you can leave. You went around her back, went to the, pre, to the dean of the college, then went and did a social justice movement on the whole issue. Okay, so people who are against that behavior, they're not against you because you're Muslims. They're against you because of your behavior. So we have to separate that. Because that's the third category are those who are against either your dean or you yourself, and they try to affect your bottom line. They try to affect your pocketbook. They try to remove you from your homes. Why? Because you're Muslim, not for any other reason. Okay, so that's the third category. Who's in the middle? Those who are not Muslims, and they don't bother you. Okay? They're not Muslims, and they don't bother you. So they're neither of either side. And that's like the average Joe in the street. Okay? The average person in the road, the average person at work, the average neighbor that you have is that kind of person who neither are they for you nor are they against you. They're doing their own thing. And Allah has rules for them. So we, the, the rule for them or the guidance, we should say, is that it's not loyalty for them, but it's goodness. And tabarruhum wa tuqsitu ilayhim. Be fair and good with them. The other side, you can never be loyal to them. And you have to disavow them. You can never support them. And then, of course, your side, you must support them. You don't have to, I like the saying, you don't have to like them, but you have to love them. Your ummah, it's your ummah. This ummah is your ummah. You have to identify with This is our ummah. So you don't have to like everyone in the ummah, but you have to love them. Like siblings in a family. You don't have to like, all. not all siblings like each other, but you have to love each other. Which means in the biggest moments, in the difficult moments, okay, you got to be there for one another. Now, what does be there for one another mean? It's not a tribe or a gang that we're going to support each other in the wrong. Our support for you as when you're wrong is to fix you and correct you. It's not to pile on the enemy against you. That we don't, we, we're not allowed to do that. We're never allowed to pile on the enemy with the enemy against another Muslim. Okay. So your support for them is to stop them. Now, are there ever any times where you can report a Muslim to the law? Yes, with the intent of stopping him. Okay, so if you discover that a group of Muslims are conspiring to kill another person, well, that's, you have to stop that. You got to go to the law with that. And that doesn't fall into the category of uh, submitting your Muslim to the uh, uh, non-believing authorities because that, what it means is Submitting him to non-Muslims to get oppressed. Not submitting him to stop a crime. Okay? Because you're actually doing him a favor. 
because to be, to be charged with conspiracy for murder is a much lower count than to be charged with murder. So did I do you a favor or not? I did you a favor. Yeah. Let's look at what Allah says here. Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu la tattakhidu aduwi wa aduwakum awliya. Do not take my enemy and your enemy as 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 allies. And it's a shame that one of the worst transgender cases that's ever happened was supported by a Muslim. I mean, you cannot believe this. Let me read it to you. You saw it. How insane is this transgender case? This is one of the worst. This is this is absolute. Absolute. Okay. Um, uh, worst worst case let me read it for you so you could see that this Muslim has aided and helped and supported this utter oppression and garbage this is not this is not even uh, bad this is I would say utter oppression and garbage okay Human humanity will look back at this and just shake their heads. How did this nation, that is one of the greatest nations in terms of power and reason and logic and all, how did this nation support this? Okay. How did we support this? Listen to this. Richard Hanania says, how far has transmania gone? Virginia school transitions. Listen to those in Virginia because our programming division is all out of Virginia. Arcview programming, it all happens out of Virginia. Okay. Virginia school transitions a girl without parents' consent. What's the level of the transition? We'll, we'll see right now. What happens? The girl starts going to the boy's bathroom. Okay? The school encourages her to do so. She gets threatened with sexual assault when she goes there. Okay? She tries to run away from these guys. All right? And the school basically tells her, your parents, they're not supporting you, blah, blah, blah. What does she do? She runs away from home. She runs away from home. She gets kidnapped at the mid in the middle of the night, running around Virginia, gets kidnapped, thrown into an, ap a, 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 an apartment filled with drugs, and gets raped by men all night long. She gets rescued. She gets put in a boy's facility. She gets raped even more. Can you believe this? She went to the bathroom. She got assaulted. She got away from that. The boys' bathroom. She ran away from home because they pit her against her parents. She gets kidnapped in the streets, thrown into an apartment, raped all night, like a toy for a bunch of drug dealers. She ends up rescued, being put in a boys, like an orphanage or something. I don't know what a boys' facility means, right? Okay. There she gets raped again. A public defender says the parents still shouldn't get her back because they won't affirm her new identity. So the state took over and ended up with a girl getting raped, I don't know how many times. Her life is never going to be the same. Yet the parents have to... Is this not a war against parents? This is a war on family. This is a war against parents. Here's the sad part. The public de defender 
who fought the parents was a Muslim. What kind of Muslim are you? Okay. The bullying, says Blair, included verbal and physical assaults, but includes constant barrage of threats of rape by male classmates. That's what happened in the school. Despite this, the school, knowingly, knowing that this happened, still encouraged her to affirm her identity and use the boys' bathroom. Blair previously informed the school that her daughter had a history of mental health issues, including depression, eating disorder, self-harm, and hallucinations. Even with that information, the school opted to pursue a a social transition for Sage, her name, behind the backs of her parents. So this was not a physical transition, a social transition. So you're hanging out on males, and you are a full female, and you don't think anything bad's going to happen. Okay? The 14-year-old girl then was allowed to change her name to Draco at school. Are we just, we're just basically sad and down, and we think that playing make-believe is going to change this. Okay? Her parents eventually uncovered detail of the situation only when they found a hall pass with the name Draco on it. According to the Child and Parent Right campaign, who filed suit on behalf of Blair, the school's decision to withhold information about Sage's gender identity deprived Blair of her ability to exercise her fundamental parental right to direct the upbringing of her daughter, including making educational mental health decisions. We're, We're gone now. Gone. The society is gone. This is what the end looks like. When you see a train derailing, right... And when you see it actually slowly, you ever see those Agatha Christie movies where the train is going between two mountains? The Orient Express. It's a beautiful scene there. Train is going on a huge bridge between two mountains. Snowy mountains. That train derails off of that bridge. And it starts falling in slow motion. That's the end. Plus, you're finished. Just a matter of time where you hit the ground. We are in that phase right now in the United States. Not to be negative, but that's just the description, the actual description. And hopefully in that many people can find the truth. Okay, because when everything goes bad, you can start seeing what's good and what's bad. How old is this? Because it's saying 2021 on on this article. Blair Sage. Yeah, How old is this? It says 2021, but maybe everything's just coming out. That's worse. Yeah, it's all coming out now. That's why. Because all this stuff may have started then, but it's it's coming out now. So that's a lot worse for this Muslim judge. Mm-hmm. The world wasn't even that crazy at the time. Like the pressure yeah. on trans and everything. It was the um, public defender who was a Muslim. So it's even worse for her because nowadays it's like it's a lot harder to stay with the trans stuff and supporting it. Yep. Back then, like you had to kind of go and yeah. you know, support them out of your own way. I, I totally so agree with you. It's way worse for her. Way worse. But, like, I'm reading this, and there's a lot more than what we just said. Like, What site are you insane. on? It's, uh, what did you look up? It's NY Post. I just searched up uh, Sage, Draco, Virginia, because I couldn't find it. Yeah. Okay, let's look it's it up. It's insane. Like, this. after that stuff, there was a lot more that happened with her as well. Let's read it. It's insane. She was taken around the country, like, so it's saying she was taken to Texas. Yeah. She was, again, raped, drugged, and starved and tortured a month later. So here it is. Um, a trans teen ran away, was sex trafficked after school, and all this was kept from the family. And this is a September article, September 4th. What are we, September 10th? We're September 12th. Okay, so this is last week, 2023. Okay, she ran away from home, was sex trafficked through multiple states, 
Okay. All this because of the high school refused to tell the parents that she identified as a man. So if I, if a, if a kid gets like a B minus and I don't know about it, right? Parents go crazy. How could you not tell me my son had a C? My son had a, uh, an F. My daughter had a B minus. But they're going to transition without us telling the parents. Okay. She ends up getting bullied. And the mother says, they stole my right to protect my daughter. Okay. Actually, it's actually a grandmother says this. Sage, who had a troubled childhood, mental health issues, began identifying as a male, going by male pronouns, male names, and using male restrooms. What happened in the school? Okay. Staffers being actively involved in Sage's daughter to become a boy, no, knowing about the repeated bullying she suffered, and they concealed this gender change from the parents until it was too late. The bullying was so bad, she, she ran away. She ended up being uh, kidnapped by some men and raped multiple times over the course of months in four different states. So they didn't just take her, throw her in a drug house and then start raping her. They actually sold her off, essentially kidnapped her and made her a slave, essentially. They basically kidnapped her and made her a sex slave. Okay. Just one day into the school year in 2021, this is when she started getting bullied and told that she looked like a boy and threatened to rape her until she liked boys. Threatened to, uh, to, be, uh, to hold her uh, out of the bus window by her hair unless she apologized and threatened to shoot her, telling her they knew where she lived, blah, blah, blah. Like serious bullying, like really bad bullying. Okay. The next day, she met with two guidance counselors telling them she's a boy and, and telling them about the bus incident. The staffers didn't disclose this information to Michelle, the grandma. Throughout the, I mean, think, think of the adab, the adab that the grandma's going through. This is your granddaughter. Granddaughter is more precious to you than a child. You know that? With a child, there comes a, there comes a, a heavy burden of responsibility, and you're still in your youth as a parent doing your life as a grandparent you did your life already now you're ready to just help somebody else live okay and there's something special about the grandparent more so a uh, grandchild more so than the parent secondly like if if you screw up as a parent like that's on you when you're a grandparent you feel like i screwed up two people now my grandchild and my kid who was relying on me throughout the month sage continued to get bullied by boys in the bathroom and in the hallways. Tormentors would touch her, threatening her with knife violence and rape and shoving her up against the hallway wall. To be honest with you, I didn't know that this actually still happened in high schools. I thought the newer generation of kids were all just into video games and were all zombied out. I didn't know old school bullying still happened in this way, right? I knew online, no, online bullying happens a lot, the cowardice type of bullying, but Counselors met with Sage eight days out of the first 12 days of school, but never told Michelle they were counseling her child on gender discordance and that they were affirming her as a male while encouraging the slight 100-pound girl to use the boys' bathroom despite knowing the threats made from the males. And this is merely a social transition. This was not a physical transition. So she still has all her female 
um, her female body is the same. The bullying got so bad that other parents started reporting to the school that this was happening. So their friends are telling their mom, her friends are telling their parents. Finally, on August 25th, we're now two, three weeks into school. The counselor finally told Michelle that Sage was using the boys' room. Okay. And cited safety concerns. Still failing to inform the parent about the child's gender identity and bullying that she faced, the filing alleges. The counselor told Michelle she noticed self-harm on Sage's body. The same day, Michelle found the school hall pass with the name Draco on it. I mean, when you look at the school, it's just like an old-fashioned, you know, school. It's not like some progressive center of the world, L.A. or Manhattan or something, right? But yet this stuff has trickled down into the... everywhere. She told Michelle she would not have been using the boys' bathroom if her counselor had not instructed her to do so. Her counselor told her to do this. So why is it that a counselor who is a complete stranger can tell the kids what to do, but the woman from whom and who carried this child cannot okay the terrified teen suffered a psychotic breakdown after all this and she decided to run away she snuck out of her bedroom window leaving a note for her parents you've done your job jesus loves you the note said i'm afraid uh, of what is to come if i stay be on your guard there are bad people around here she said in the note all my love Sage was abducted that night immediately. Okay, I mean they 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 saw a a, a a frail female, and a bunch of guys took her, threw her in a van, took her to Washington D.C., leaving her with two other men, and then she was drugged, and then she was raped all night. Those two men then drove her to Maryland. Okay leaving her with another man who has turned out and discovered that is now a registered sex offender. He locked her in a room, then proceeded to rape her, and then sell her to others, basically pimping her out to other people, sex trafficking her out to others, right? Taking a fee at the door, you go in, do what you want with the girl, and come out. She was finally rescued by federal authorities in Baltimore, where the nightmare should have ended should have ended, said Blair's uh, lawyer. But the state took custody of Sage after the Baltimore public defender, Anissa Khan, claimed the parents were not sufficiently affirming of Sage's new gender identity. So what is to come is all on the head of this Anissa Khan. I mean, Anissa Khan, you're in the New York Post. I hope you're you're ashamed by what you did. Okay, Sage was housed as a, at a, a juvenile facility for boys. Okay, because of what the public defender, right, did. Not she should not go back to the parents. The parents don't know what they're doing. No, the parents will not protect their kids. So she's going to go into a state facility. She's going to be instead of after all this trauma, I'm being sex trafficked and raped, kidnapped and made a sex slave. Rather than going back home to mom and dad and grandma and grandpa to have a warm meal and sit at home and cry all night and all day, what does this Anissa Khan person do? Public defender, all right? No, the parents are not good enough. Why are they not good enough? Because they're not playing make-believe. They're not affirming 
her gender identity. What is the punishment of this person? You depriving a victim of some of the worst trauma you can imagine that a high schooler would ever go through. Kidnapped, raped, trafficked by absolute, utter, disgusting dr- yeah, drug dealers. Okay, the worst possible thing that could ever happen to a person of this age. And rather than going home to your familiar surroundings of your parents, of your grandparents who are going to take care of you because they love you, what do you say? No, she, they can't take their daughter back. Where should she go? She should go to a juvenile facility, basically like an orphanage. What kind of orphanage should she go to? Oh, public defender, a boy's one because she affirms she's a boy. You're already saying she has mental health issues. Why are you trusting her in this? She already ran away from home, okay, with, with doing something completely stupid, okay? Terrible judgment to run away from home. And look what happened. Yet, for this matter, we're going to affirm her, 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 her conclusion, and let her self-identify as a boy. Well, what happens at this place? Oh, a bunch of guys in a juvenile facility. These are not good kids, right? They're not good kids. And they're all boys, and she's a girl. Well, well guess what happens? She was, again, repeatedly sexual assaulted and raped and drugged. So these boys' facilities... Uh, what I don't even know what a boys' facility... What does that even mean? Is it an orphanage, or are they like... Kids who did something wrong, kids who are not wanted by the society. And they're all boys. What do you think they're going to do when a frail girl comes in? Anissa Khan. You know, there's a lot of Anissa Khans out there, but whoever this one is, yeah, this is on you. This is on you. Right. There's your progressive Islam right there. Progressive Muslims. And Sage then fled the facility. She fled there. She had to run away from... She's trying to save her life. I mean, is the, it, it, I wonder at this level of uh, uh, depression, abuse, trauma, at what point the qalam is lifted. There's no doubt that there is a spectrum of uh, responsibility. There's no doubt. And the people cannot be judged in the same way. So she fled there. Well, guess what happened again? She was kidnapped again. Oh, my gosh. That's why you said there's more to the story. She was kidnapped again by a person who now drove her from Virginia. Baltimore, Baltimore, all the way down to Texas. And there again, she was drugged and raped and starved and tortured and trafficked by a man who was later disclosed to be a a pedophile. Third time. This is also, this is now a train of masaib, a train of tra- a chain of trauma, a domino effect of trauma all on the head of Anissa Khan. So it, st- it could have stopped with Anissa Khan. Anissa Khan could have said, hey, go back to your parents. Right? No. They're not good parents. Let the state take this girl over. And what did the state do? Send her to a house with a bunch of boys. How is that going to help? Did those boys affirm her sexual gender and identity? And they raped her. She ran away from this place. Of course, a frail little female, boom, nabbed, thrown in the back of another truck. This is a Netflix horror movie right here. The fact that she ran away means like she was asking for help, but they weren't helping her. Yeah. Because you only run away if it's like at a point where you can't do anything. You can't get Yeah. 
And he, and she's running away from a place that has a sh- shelter, food, bathroom. So it's got to be really bad. Now, they're saying the parents did not affirm her identity. Okay, fine. What about all the people in this gender, in this uh, boys facility? What they officially, on paper, affirmed her gender as a boy. But what about the actual people that she's dealing with every day? She got raped, drugged. Finally, finally, finally. She was taken and rescued in Texas when? In January. Three months. 24, months. 2022. Okay, so from we went from August, September, October, November. Five months of hell, essentially. And it was Texas who said, forget this. I don't care how you identify. You're going back to your parents, right? As a result of what happened to her, she's been diagnosed with complex post-traumatic stress disorder for which you'll likely need therapy for the rest of your life and everyone involved from the school counselors to Anissa Khan have a big share in all this. Yes, maybe she had issues before that. Maybe her, her parents had issues before that. Okay. But it wouldn't have been exacerbated by the school. The lawsuit? No, no. They, I think they should be put to death. Tazidi punishment. Seriously. You're essentially, you facilitated all this. Okay? You facilitated all this. You are a facilitator. The, the girl's been in therapy since she's been home. Another lawyer for her lawyer, Mary McAllister, said all this could have been prevented if Sage's parents had been fully apprised of her mental state. Do we as a society now has to have to discuss that the parents pretty much know overall, overall, they know best for their kids? And that's a discussion now. Pretty much they know best. Both the school district and the public defender's office decided they know better than the parents. See, they're all pro- uh, projecting. These people themselves probably rebelled against their parents, and hence they have a hatred for parents. And, they, and they're projecting now all parents are bad. But then, don't, then you don't act as a parent then. If all parents are bad, you're one of them too. Sage was victimized multiple times. Is this not like, you can't even make a movie about it. Who wants to sit there upset the whole movie? Right? The family is now suing the Appomattox County School Board, the two school counselors, and the public defender, Khan, for unspecified damages. I hope they all get nailed badly in this lawsuit. Throw the book at them. Okay? I mean, this should be criminal charges in any society, in any world that we live in. This should be, okay, massive. They should be charged... This is kidnapping. It's a state-sponsored kidnapping. Okay. This is nothing but state-sponsored kidnapping. That's all it is. So how insane is that? And when we talk about wala wal bara, forget wala wal bara. This person, this public defender is in another world. Like we can't even address these Islamic subjects. To these types of people, right? I mean, they're 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 fully on board with this insanity. So, I mean, we're talking to a wall essentially. 
but that is an example of what is wala and bara in our world today. It's all about who you support, who you ally with, who you um, disavow from. Okay, and that's what this surah al-Mubtahina is about. In the old days, in the nineties, wala and bara was the secular ruler of the Islamic country. Do you ally with him or do you remove your disavow your support of the ruler? That's what it was. Okay. In our world, wala and bara, uh, allyship and disavowal. What do they call it in modern uh, progressive terminology? They call it, what do they call it? Um, they got words for these. They got their own vocabulary for this stuff. They call it um, solidarity. <laughs> That's what they call it, right? Solidarity and, well, we would just say allyship and disavowal. You have to ally, all right, with people. This is part of our deen, who you ally with. Now, let's look at the ahadith on this. Who says this? Abdullah ibn Abi Rafi. I heard Sayyidina Ali say, بَعَثَنِي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ أَنَا وَالزُّبَيْرُ وَالْمِقْدَدِ Sayyidina Ali says, the Prophet, peace be upon him, sent me, sent Zubair, and said Miqdad, saying, انطلقوا حتى تأتوا روضة خاخن فإن بها ضعينة معها كتاب فخذوه منها Go, go to this area until you find a certain garden and there is a working woman. She's traveling and she has a letter. Take the letter from her. All right, so this is in the time right before the Prophet is about to conquer Mecca. Always the Prophet kept his military strategies secret. Of course, every every military has to do this. Keep it secret. The secret's about to be spilled. No. So what does the Prophet do? He sends Sayyidina Ali. فانط- uh, with Zubair and Maqdad. فَانْطَلَقْنَا تَتَعَادَ بِنَا خَيْلُنَا حَتَّى أَتَّيْنَا الرَّوْضَ فَإِذَا نَحْنُ بِالضَّعِينَ We get there. We ride really quickly. We find the woman. As the Prophet ﷺ said. We said, bring us the letter. أَخْرِجِ الْكِتَابِ She said, مَا مَعْيَ كِتَابٌ I don't have a book. I don't have a letter. Kitab is anything written. Doesn't mean have to be a letter bound in a book. Anything that's written down. I don't have anything, she says. We said, Give us the book or we're going to strip search you. Okay. She took it out. I don't know, from her hair or something. We took it back to the Prophet. He opens it. What does it say? From Haltib ibn Abi Balta'a ila nasin bi Makkata min al mushrikina yukhbiruhum bi ba'di amri Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It's a letter from the companion, Haltib ibn Abi Balta'a. And it is to some mushriks in Mecca, some of the enemy. Informing them about the plan of the Prophet. This happened after the Salah. They brought it, the Prophet was praying. They brought it right after Salam out. 
the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam took the letter. They they received received the letter. He opened it and he read it and then he threw it. He said, "Yeah, Hatib, mahada. Oh, Hatib, what is this? You're betraying us. You are telling our plan to the enemy." Now listen. He says, "Ya Rasulullah, la ta'jal alayya. Oh, Messenger of Allah, don't be quick to judge me. Inni kuntum ra'an imri'in mulsaqan fi Quraysh. I was a poor man in Quraysh. Kuntu halifan walam akun min anfusiha. I am not one of them. We are just like, we're not from Quraysh. We're allies of them. وَكَانَ مَنْ مَعَكَ مِنَ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ لَهُمْ قَرَابَاتٍ يَحْمُونَ بِهَا أَهْلِيهِمْ وَأَمْوَالَهُمْ فَأَحْبَبْتُ إِذْ فَاتَنِي ذَلِكَ مِنَ النَّسَبِ Because everyone here, all the people here, the Meccans, the Muhajirs, they have relatives there. I don't have any relatives. We don't have, we don't have family there. My family there in Mecca is isolated. We're not connected to Quraysh. So I want to win some kind of favor with them by informing them of this. Right? Okay? He says, I did not do this out of... And in another narration, I'm going to add something from another narration on this. He said, I didn't do this out of apostasy. I did it to earn a favor with Abu Sufyan and with Quraysh so that they could say that he helped us. He tipped us off to this. And we protect, my family would be protected forever after that. Now, in another narration, it says, and I knew that the, that the, 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 the uh, command of Allah has come. In other words, I knew. It doesn't matter what I do because you're going to have success. All the signs of, of Fath are there. The signs of success in this raid or in this journey or in this uh, battle are there. Okay? What did the Prophet say? He has told the truth. He has told you all the truth. He's not an apostate. He's not betray us. Right? He just tried to win over a... Uh, just tried to win over the, the mushrikeen. Omar says, Ya Rasulullah, Let me cut the neck of this hypocrite. Prophet said, He attended Badr. How do you not know? How do you know that perhaps, perhaps he's not, the Prophet is not affirming. He's saying perhaps Allah has not gazed upon the people of Badr, who, the Muslims who attended the Battle of Badr, 300 and some, 13 some people say, and said, do what you wish, I have forgiven all your sins. Okay. At this point, Allah revealed the first ayat of Surah Al-Mumtahina. So, wala and bara is actions. Actions. You may have very strong feelings towards somebody. It could be your brother, it could be your sibling, it could be your people. Okay? Yet, your actions, if they go against Allah and His Messenger, and you have to pick a side, your actions is what matters. Okay? 
المفسرون said نزلت الآية في حاطب ابن أبي بلتعة This ayah specifically came down Oh you who believe Do not take my enemies and your enemies As allies Being nice to them تلقون إليهم بالمودة Being soft with them Okay so what is ولا It's softness It's lovey-dovey It's fraternizing with the enemy Right It's funny that uh in the world of sports, some of the old school athletes, right, they used to say, we hated the other team. There was no such thing as in the warm-up, you going, hanging out with the opponents, right? That's in the world of play. In the world of games and play, the two sides, right? We would say that's, you know, absurd because that's just la'ib and lahu, that's games. But in life... Your principles are what matter, and then you side with those people who have those principles. Siding, what Islam came is, is it melted down identity solely and mainly and primarily based on on tribe, skin, culture, ethnicity, lineage. That, that means nothing. As a primary identity, the primary loyalty you have is to the moral decisions and beliefs that you personally make. Hence, if one of people from our people apostates out and a, a, a former Zionist comes in and says la ilaha illallah I'm a Muslim now okay our loyalty is with him not with your blood brother who shares your lineage your blood your family your language your culture and everything is this not you know more fair re- fair and reasonable than nationalism and tribalism because nationalism tribalism who chooses that stuff you're born into it but religion is a choice. Philosophy is a choice, right? How what you believe is a choice. Okay. So he says here, وذلك أنصارت مولات أبي عمرو بن صيفي ابن هاشم ابن عبد الله أتت المدينة من مكة ورسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يتجهزوا لفتح مكة. Halib sent. Okay. He sent this woman to inform everybody about what's happening. Okay, so that is essentially the importance. Uh, that's how important this is. Important this is. In today's world, it's on the political spectrum. Right, and let me tell you another story. You all remember. I'm going to stop here for the tafsir uh, because the next hadith is very long. Do you all remember that in Montgomery County? That's where the Muslims uh, started to push back against teaching sexuality in schools. You all remember that, right? That the place where this all started was Mont- Montgomery County. Well, because of all that. The Muslims got a lot of attention, okay? One of the very high-level officials, I'm not going to say the position, many of you probably heard this already, but I'm not going to say what the, what, the, what the position of this person is. It, a very high-level <coughs> excuse me, person in the government there, local government, 
started reading up about Muslims. How is it that Muslims have the strength? They're a minority. They're a small group. They're not inf- as enfranchised as others. Okay. They're fighting back against this. He starts reading up about Islam. And then he says, this is according to his own narration, I prayed to God to let me meet a Muslim. That same day, he met Karim Munib, the leader, who is pushing back against this XYZ in Montgomery County schools. And he says, hey, I've been wanting to meet a Muslim. I read about it. What does one do to become one of you guys? He took Shahada on the spot. Very high level leader in the Montgomery County government. Okay. Of course, it's a local government, so it's pretty small, but nonetheless, he's at the top. So it's the political. Now, now, now listen to this. We get the WhatsApp message that this happened. Everyone's like so happy to hear this. So one of our friends, he has a little bit of a liberal circle of friends. Guess what he says? He's upset and he says, look at these Republicans. Because he's a Republican. The Montgomery County guy was a Republican. He got upset, and the language he used was these effing Republicans. Look at how warped his identity is. He is a Democrat first, right? And he hates anything Republicans do, even when they accept Islam. His, all his loyalty is with Democrats, right? And the left. And this is exactly where, you know, our wala and bara, who are you supporting? Who are you supporting? Right? You can never, you know, put your eggs and, and put your, your self-identity with one of these left group, left wing, right wing. You can't, right? Because eventually these lines are going to cross. Like I said in the podcast with five pillars, like Islam is going like this. All these other philosophies are like zigzagging. Okay, the, the lines are going to cross. There's no doubt about it. When the origins are different, the sources of truth are different. It just so happens, just so happens, okay, just so happens that at some moment in time, we will be driving parallel with... Uh, any one of the parties. So for a period of time on racism, it just so happens we're driving parallel with the left. On family, parallel with the right. It's in- incidental. Don't get excited about it. It's just incidental. We're going to cross again with both of these parties. Support the live stream by going to patreon.com slash Society. That's how the live stream keeps going. So support it again by... Go on to patreon.com slash Safina Society. Let's open it up for c- uh, comments, Q&A. Okay. Salman S. says a broken clock is right twice a day. That's right. Remember the in the 60s, in the Arab world, 50s and 60s, the, the leftists, there were leftists. They call me Yasariyin. They were socialists. They were Muslim socialists. They had beef with Uthman ibn Affan and they loved uh, Abu Dhar al-Ghifari. Abu Dhar al-Ghifari during the Umayyad times when the Umayyad, when, 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 when um, Sayyidina Muawiyah was the Khalifa, the Umayyads became getting corrupt 
and they would take a lot of money, embezzlement and stuff. And he went around preaching that you have to give its money, distribute the money properly. As a result of that, they said he's the first socialist. These people. Most of them became atheists anyway. Let's not forget Morocco, Libya, and Chocolate Wallet is now saying Indonesia. Huh? What is he talking about? Let's see. Let's see what he's talking about. Um, Morocco. We're now hitting two, 3,000 people. Um, two, 3,000 people dead. We go to Libya. One to 2,000 people dead from flooding. Indonesia. What is it? Six point two magnitude earthquake strikes Indonesia's Halmahera. By the way, can you change the title of this to um, "Allyship and Disavowal"? You can pick two synonyms if you want, but that's the name of this. Halmahera, Indonesia, an earthquake measuring six point two magnitude struck Indonesia's North Maluku province on Monday. Thank you, Chocolate Walla, for bringing this to, uh, to, to, to my attention here. 6.2. No threat of tsunami. That's the silver lining, the good news, we could say. The epicenter was 11 miles northeast of J, uh, Jailolo City. Okay. No immediate re, uh, numbers or reports on the damages and the casualties. Indonesia straddles the so-called Pacific Ring of Fire, an area of high seismic activity that rests atop multiple tectonic plates. Um, no more information on that. What is the Ring of Fire? Sounds like um, a Netflix show. Yeah, here it is. The Netflix. Isn't Ring of Fire uh, a new Amazon Prime show? The Ring of Fire is a string of volcanoes and sites of seismic activity. And the Ring of Fire, it's, it's, it's like a, not exactly a semicircle, but close to that. And the Ring of Fire goes, wow. Okay, let's see where it goes from. It goes from, Japan, it's big. It's huge. All around the Pacific Ocean, Japan, up Japan, around Australia, starts down from Australia, over, okay, Indonesia area, all the way up to Japan, all the way up to Alaska, and all the way down California, uh, up until he reaches Peru. I mean, that it's essentially, it hugs the entire north part of the Pacific Ocean. That's called the Ring of Fire, the Pacific Ring of Fire. Okay. And why do they call it a Ring of Fire? Because it's, there's, there's volcanoes there, including Mount Erebus. Okay. That's what the, the Ring of Fire is. It's a string of volcanoes and sites of earthquakes. So this ring of fire is where most earthquakes happen. Again, so go Australia, Indonesia, up to Japan, up all the way around to Alaska, down Canada and California, down to the western edge of Mexico, to Peru. 
That's what they call the ring of fire. You learn some geography today, and you learn some something about the geology of the earth. 90% of all earthquakes, I never knew this, but 90% of all earthquakes occur along the ring of fire. It's dotted with 75% of all volcanic activity, subhanAllah, on the earth. The ring of fire isn't quite a circular ring. It's not a round ring. It's a like a, a U, but it has its own shape to it. 40,000 kilometers or 25,000 miles, more like a horseshoe shape. 452 volcanoes. Okay. All right. From, it, from Australia all the way up, all the way around the Pacific Ocean until it hits the Antarctica. Okay. And then it goes down. Canada. California. Why don't you put a picture up? That would be a great idea. Yeah. California. Mexico. Peru. See that? The ring of fire. That's a really good map right there. Yeah. Yeah, whichever one you like. These The, the tectonic plates there are not fixed. They are constantly moving on top of a layer of solid and molten rock called the mantle. Sometimes these plates collide, they move apart, they slide next to each other. Most tectonic activity in the ring of fire occurs in these geologically active zones. Okay? A convergent plate boundary is formed by tectonic plates crashing into one another. Okay? Wow. Convergent boundaries are often subduction zones where the heavier plate slips under the lighter plate. So the heavier plate will go under the lighter plate, creating a deep trench. This subduction changes the dense mantle material into buoyant magma, which rises through the crust of the earth, Earth's surface. Over millions of years, the rising magma creates a series of activities okay, uh, that are volcanic in nature, known as a volcanic arc. Okay, You see there, the ring of fire, Australia, round to Indonesia, up to Japan, Antarctica, down Canada, down California, down Mexico, all the way down to Peru. That's the Pacific ring of fire. And... Uh, that's what Indonesia had an earth the, had an earthquake. Uh, that's you know what what we're talking about here. Indonesia had an earthquake. How a six point five six point two on the Richter scale, and he goes on with all sorts of details that you want to read more about. But now you know something new in geology. Okay. So I guess the tsunami was also uh, associated with that, the tsunami. Okay.
All right. Thank you, Chocolate Wallow, for all that. Um, Jan from England, North England, says, I met a Polish friend last week at school. Alhamdulillah, he told me today he's considering Islam. How can I help him to get from considering Islam to becoming a Muslim? Keep hanging out with him. Keep hanging out with him and improve your own connection with Allah, your own spirituality, because what happens when we come together is not just social, not just personal, not just transfer of knowledge. When you develop your own iman, you emit a light. You emit nur. Allah says this in the Quran. Okay? Who is better? Someone who is dead or someone who we gave life to them? Life of faith. Amen. All right? And he, and he walks and we gave him light in his heart and he walks with that light amongst the people. So, so do two things. Increase your dua and your worship. Stay on wudu. Become a source of spiritual light yourself. Number two, keep studying. Keep reading this book. I cannot tell you this. You got to read a lot of books, right? But read as much as you can study as much as you can watch videos from the right sources as much as you can so that when people bring questions, you can answer them, but socialize, bring them into your social circle. Just hang out, keep hanging out with them until it's not just he's convinced of Islam. He actually likes hanging out with Muslims. That becomes a much easier way um, smoothly we want this transition of millions of Westerners are going to enter Islam in this century. Millions. Ta'ala. We, the portents, the signs are all there. And that Islam will be set. It's not going to be a Muslim country. We're not saying that. But we're saying it will be, impo- it will be a land where Muslims are safe to live and practice their religion. And removing Muslims is not going to be an option anymore. Ignoring Muslims will not be an option anymore. There there be that many Muslims. Okay. I'm telling you, the signs and the portents are there just from a social standpoint. Okay. So keep keep his company. Just keep him around and don't rush it. You never want someone to feel rushed. I feel like I'm being pushed to join a group. No, no, no. Just keep hanging out. And then the best way to do to get something done, if you want to get here and you're here in anything. It's never a line like this. It's never like that. It's up and then back to normal. Then up, then back to normal. Then up again, then back to normal. Then up again, then back to normal. By the time you get here, it feels normal. Why? Because every time you got, went up, you went back down to normal. You went up and then you went back down to normal. So you never felt that there was a seismic change happening here. So you always want to do that with people. You're in their life you're back out. You're back in their life, you're back out. You're back in their life, you're back out. Some more time passes, you're back in their life, you're back out. So they always feel the sense of normalness and that it didn't go away. And you slowly begin to enter someone's life. Okay. And that's how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides people. If you ask any convert or any Muslim who was not a practicing Muslim who became one, I said, like, what's your story? They'll always tell you, well, first, it began by seeing, hearing a lecture. I ignored it. Then I heard another lecture. Then I went back to my life. Then I met a person. And then more months passed. Then I met another person. Then a couple weeks passed. You see how Allah Ta'ala doesn't shock you. 
he brings you something new. Then it, it's like the ocean. It comes in, then it recedes back. Right? So you feel like, well, the norm is not changing. Then another wave comes in, then it recedes back. Then it's quiet again. Then another big wave, then it recedes back. And that's how people change. They change without even feeling the shock of change. Okay. Taha Sheikh. Is that our Taha? From Edison? How does a Muslim decide in today's political sphere when voting? Do we just not vote? How can we pick a candidate when a Muslim, as you said, we may be parallel depending on what the policy is? I think that when it comes to... I like the saying that when it comes to local politics, it's easier to make a judgment. But at the the general level, the general election level, it's not about the politician. It's about who they would assign to the Supreme Court. Okay? Because on most issues, they can't really... The president can't really affect what we're trying to get affected. Okay? But it's really about who they will assign to the Supreme Court. And who do you want to have the decision to to choose Supreme Court justices? Do you want that in the hands of someone like a a Democrat or a Republican? And that's really the most uh, important feature. Abu Ayyub al-Khatib, Libya has reached 5,000 casualties. According to their government, which is a limited, you know, this we're not talking about one of the top governments in the world, so maybe it's more than that. Maybe they have the, we shouldn't assume that they're able and capable of counting everything. Earthquake, the number keeps increasing as they remove more rubble. That's correct. And, and in, uh, in Libya, it was flooding. Okay. Talib Razi says... The Amazon show is called The Rings of Power, not The Ring of Fire. Okay, Rings of Power. And it's a spinoff from The Lord of the Rings, and I heard that they spent like a billion dollars on it. Really? Yeah. Many, many earthquakes is a sign of the end of time. We definitely are in the last chapter of the Ummah of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I wonder if, uh, does he have, uh, Sheikh Asar have a, Topic on like the earthquakes, a section on earthquakes. Look it up. Let's look it up. Navigating end times. One of those signs. If you want to get a book on the end of times, this you can't really read the title here, but here it is. All right. Asra Rashid, navigating the end of time. Okay, navigating the end of time. Let's see if there's anything. He has here that. Thousand millions of people, their minds will be controlled, and I think that's definitely the case through the media. When I go to England, Sheikh Asrar is always the place, the, the funnest evening. When I go to England, the funnest evening is the night you spent with Sheikh Asrar. Oh, he is really fun. Yeah. I wouldn't expect that from him. No, he's a gang leader out there. No, he's (laughs) just like we have uh, Fridays and stuff. He's a gang leader over there. 
when he goes, it's a group that goes with him, yeah, yeah. and they just put the food on the table, and you set all night. Yeah, he's the he's he's he he's the leader over you there. You can tell he's like that, especially with that yep. where he confronted yeah. that one guy. Mm-hmm. Did you see that one video where he confronted someone who was talking, I guess, false things about him? He had like fifty guys around him. He had a right? whole squad, and then there was he had a whole squad of like fifteen dudes. The poor other guy was like, uh, "Can you write me a letter? Right? Can you can you can you write an essay and I'll respond?" That other guy was like, "I don't know what he said. That obviously he made a mistake, messed with the wrong person." And when it came time to face your all your talk, many people, a lot of you don't know what we're talking about, but someone was talking nonsense about Sheikh Asrar in videos. Okay. Finally, they they both met each other at a wedding or something like that. I don't know what it was. It was a wedding, I think. Yeah, and they bump into each other. Sheikh Asrar says, "Hey, you've been saying the funniest thing is <laughs> Sheikh Asrar is like six four, right? He puts his hand on on this guy's shoulder. He says, you 'You've been saying some things about me, right? It, it reminded me of that scene of Bane when Bane <laughs> puts his hand on, on that guy, right? And he says, um, would you uh, would you like to debate me on it? The guy says, Yeah, anytime. He's like. Let's debate right now. The they put out the, he puts him down. He puts him down like a child, right? And he puts him here, uh, brings himself a chair, and he says, I'm sitting right in front of you. Tell me what I said that is against Ahl Sunnah. He says, well, there's a lot of things. He said, well, since there are a lot of things, then tell me one so we can discuss it one at a time. And he says, well, I'll write it up in an essay and you can reply. He says, I don't have time for an like, essay. He, yeah, he said, go watch my videos and write your responses. And he said, I don't have time for that. I'm sitting right here in front of you. Are you a man or are you a boy? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was cracking up when he says, are you a man or are you a boy? <laughs> oh, man. Why talk nonsense on the Internet? You can run into these people. You're going to be embarrassed yourself, right? When he said that, reminded me when he was like, are you a man or a man? <laughs> what did he say? From that, you know that one debate with the... What did he say? him and the, that one other guy. Yeah. Yeah. Does he mention? Does he mention earthquakes? He's got to mention earthquakes. It's not going to be a much of a mention. It's just going to say that they increase. He's just going to cite that there are many earthquakes. There's nothing else to say. Natural Disasters, page 273. I love this book. Earthquakes, floods, and landslides see the destruction of certain communities witnessed in every generation. However, after the conquest of Jerusalem by the group of black banners from Khurasan and the reestablishment of the Khilafah by Imam al-Mahdi, earthquakes will increase in frequency. So specifically the hadith of earthquakes are going to be even more after the great imam that we are awaiting comes. Okay, Al-Mahdi. We Muslims believe that there will be an imam. He will be a regular person, not a prophet. He is called the guided imam, Al-Imam Al-Mahdi. And he will unify the biggest Islamic nations. Arabia, Iraq, Iran, Turkey. And who will support him without him having to fight? Afghanistan. And they will support him. They will be his first supporters. Okay? And then 
He will fight the Arabs. He will fight the Syrians. He will fight the Persians and subdue them all. When he goes to Turkey, Istanbul, Constantinia, it will have been taken over by a group of people who do not want to support him. But as soon as they hear the takbirs of his army, their hearts will soften and they will join him without a fight. So it will be Nasr. Nasr is a victory with a fight. Nasr over Arabia. Nasr over Iraq and, and Persia. Nasr over Syria. But it will be a Fath over Constantinople. And Afghanistan will be the Ansar. The Afghan people. We all talk... Oh, it makes sense, right? If the Imam Mahdi, the, the modern world that we live in, he is basically going to go against that, all right, in many, many ways, then the one group of people who are the most marginalized, most disenfranchised, most fought, most made fun of are the Afghans, right? Well, don't, don't, don't look down on them so much. Yeah, it doesn't mean they do everything right, but they're doing a lot of things right. Let me tell you that much. When it comes to identity, they got it right. Name me another nation they're, that they are proud to be Muslims. Okay? And they're putting it up there and say, no, we're not just going to call ourselves Muslims, then play ball with the Dajjalic New World Order. No. No. We're living the, this law. What's in this, this Quran, what's in the Quran and in the Sunnah, and, and they are officially Hanafi, we're going to live by that. There's a lot of things here. Space travel. Let's see what he says about space travel in this book. <clears throat> On a side note, many people ask whether space travel has been mentioned in the Hadith prophecies. I've come across the following hadith reporting at Tabarani Majman Kabir on the authority of Abu Umama on many occasions, but not have not completely understood it. It reads, The Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, By the one in whose grasp is the soul of Muhammad, the hour will not be established until the deen reaches the point of the star. Okay. Recently, I discovered that the late Imam Muntasir Billah Al-Kittani, Al-Muntasir Billah Al-Kittani, he died 1419 Hijri, which is not so long ago. 1400 equals 1980. So add 19 to 1980, 1999 he died. Right? No, no, no. What am I talking about? 1400 and 1980 align. The year, the Hijri 1400 was 1980. So add 19 years to both. So that's 1990, 1999. Yeah, he died in 1999. Okay. He stated that even if humanity traveled out into space, Islam will reach it. He writes, the number of companions that have narrated this hadith is so many, and those who narrated it from, from the companions are also so many. The meaning of the hadith is that the deen shall reach the entire globe, and when humanity will reach the stars, and they reach orbiting bodies, al-kawkab al-ulwi, Islam shall also arrive there, because some of those people will be Muslims, right? Okay. And reach those distant celestial bodies without any impossibility, so that it is possible for space travel to happen. And when it happens, Islam will reach there. And how will they pray? On what time zone? On what qibla? They'll pay f towards the earth and by a pre-calculated time sheet based on Mecca, based on the Mecca timetable. Okay? Fatawa got to get ready for that. Huh? They got to get ready. Fatawa. We need the fatawa. <laughs> yep. We need the fatawa. A lot of, you know, little chapters, little subsections. All right? On the UN... He talks about the United Nations. He talks about a lot of different things. Okay. Legalize homosexual marriage. Okay. 
he has a section on. Okay. Beautiful, beautiful book. People should get this. It's an explanation of what's going on. It's an explanation of our times. I have to do a little plug here. All right. Here we go. Omar, we're gonna cut we're gonna clip this out later. Assalamu alaikum. Actually, you know what? Can you hit record simultaneously or no? I don't want to risk it. Uh, don't mess up. Yeah. Don't. We'll just clip it up. All right. Here we go. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. First of all, I want to congratulate Maun. They've reached uh, almost two years now, and they're nearing a milestone of loaning out near to $1 million. That's how much. They really reached already $900,000 of interest-free loans. This is unheard of before the existence of this organization. This organization is uh, accredited by the government. Maun, which means in Arabic uh, to aid or to give help, you need to be a member of an organization such as ICJ or NBIC. And by being a member, it allows you to be part of this community bank. When you give, when you open an account with Maun, you're not losing your money. It's not a donation that you're giving. But they are then in turn loaning out that money to people having the, 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 the recipient of the loan get checked and the recipient pays it back. It's a different model. It's a more official model than some of the other organizations that are also good. A continuous charity, for example, where you just give them a donation, they give the money out, and hopefully the person pays it back on an honesty system. But you're given a donation. With Maun, it's becoming a community bank, essentially. They're gonna, you're going to be able to pay your bills through there. You're going to be able to treat it as a bank. Okay? It, it, essentially, it's a non-profit bank. No one's making money off of it. And so they're able to take this money that people are depositing into their community bank and loan it out to other people in non-interest loans. What are people doing with this? Well, one of the first things they're doing is they're paying off their interest loans that they had taken because there were no other options. They're buying cars. They're paying for floods. One person had $100,000 of damage from a flood. Insurance gave him ten grand. right? What is he going to do with that? Maun helped him. Okay, so Maun, it's helping a lot of people. And think about this. Wouldn't non-Muslims also want interest-free loans? I mean, this shouldn't just be for Muslims only. Non-Muslims would want to be part of this. But for the regulations... Of being a community bank, you need to be a member of an organization. I want Safina Society also to be part of this, but we're not just yet. So you need to be a member of ISCJ, which is one of our local masajid, or NBIC. I shouldn't say one of our local masajid. It's like the central masjid in the area to give them their respect. Okay, NBIC, eight miles north of ISCJ is... Our masjid, New Brunswick Islamic Center. You need to be a member of one of these two. So again, congratulations to Maun for almost reaching a million dollars of interest-free loans in only the first two years of its existence. Uh, Keep up the good work, and I uh, really hope that everyone could pitch in and and be part of this, open an account, and uh, let it grow and, and, and watch its benefit to society. All right, so we'll clip that out later on, inshallah ta'ala. But it's also for everyone else to see. And you could be part of Maun, right? Even if you're outside, outside of NBIC and ICJ in New Jersey, but you could still get a loan, right? You need to buy a car, get a loan. 
you need to get you know, maybe a down payment for a house, get a loan, interest free. Lana says, should we even be voting in federal elections? I, I really don't even, it doesn't make a difference to me because New Jersey is always blue in the federal election, right? Could it change? Yeah, it could change. I think there's going to be a lot of different swing states. Like, eventually, many southern states are becoming swing states because there are a lot of minorities living in these places now. Chavez says, I'm from Montgomery County. The county was, always has a hostile relationship with Muslims. We tried to introduce Eid in the school calendar, but the county chose to delete all religious holidays instead. Vox has an article on it. Waqas Sheikh says, there's a good ending to Sheikh Asrar and Mufti Shaheed. And they cleared their differences with Alhamdulillah, and now they're all friends. Okay? That's good. Good to hear. Then they lived happily ever after and take down those videos. Okay. Yeah, good. Good for him. Don't talk beef as if you're never going to bump into these people again. Sometimes I see, see somebody so nasty towards another imam. And I think to myself, imagine you're in Hajj and you're walking into the door of the haram. And you see the very person that you've been smashing your whole life online. Do you not feel some cognitive dissonance here? It's going to be a weird feeling. Um, Lana says, what is the book that we're reading from? And can it's Navigating the End Time by Asrar Rashid. Again, it's called Navigating the End Time by Asrar Rashid. Very good book. Would be great to have Asrar Rashid on the live stream. You don't know what we got cooked up for you. You do not know. Oh, man. We got we to gotta do it first. That's my condition. We have to record it first. Then we will publicize it. We have to do it first. Then we will publicize it. Okay. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen... Our friend, my friend um, from Morocco, he had to, uh, his parents had to actually um, evacuate. So there is a website here that you can just support Morocco for. Trusted source directly. Um, Morocco Unite for Earthquake Relief. Okay. Oh, it's it's not it's it's unfortunately it's not a actual organization page. It's um, it's not an organization page. It's uh, so I can't we can't I can't share. It's like a PayPal page. Be careful with these things. Yeah, I heard that the Qibla in space is Earth. Yes, correct. It's just Earth, and you would get the Mecca timetable, and you just pray according to that. First of all, do they have gravity rooms in these places? Right? Do they have gravity rooms? Because how would you move? How would you stand and, you know, make Rukou and Sujud? But, like, you'd have to hold on to something? Are they floating around the whole time? Or are there gravity rooms? I, I think, like, in the, on the moon, right? Specifically. No, like, when they're in the, the ship. Space, in the ship I itself. Actually, yeah. I know the moon, like, you still have some weight, but, like, yeah. if you jump, you go super high and stuff. Yeah. 
You Sharif says it's a good book, but there's typically uh, some irrelevant interest Sunni subcontinental beef in the book. I have to tell you what my perspective is on these things. I do have positions about past matters. We're Ashaira. We go with what Imam Nawi and Ibn Hajar and Asiyuti concluded. After all the debates of the classical period, that's what who we go with and what we believe. But what's important is the what's what Muslims are suffering now. But the principles are learned by studying those past matters. How the scholars handled the past matters, the past questions, okay, it just it gives us information on it give it teaches us how to navigate. What is the methodology? But I'm not f- for bringing up the old divisions, you know, unless someone's preaching it. Unless someone's preaching it, then maybe we have to get into the ring, no problem. But to bring it up for no reason, nah, no. Who publishes this book, Original Public Publishing? Original Publishing, okay. Okay, publishes the book. R-I-G-E-L. Okay. What's saying there's a video by a Muslim brother praying on the ISS. It yeah. Shows how to pray in space. Oh, subhanAllah, mashallah. Can you look that up, maybe? Yeah, All right, Yan is asking, what happens if someone doesn't pay back? Uh, ac- according to Ma'un, with Ma'un, it's an official like uh, loan that you're taking that you have to pay back or else you're going to be in trouble. That's number one. With ACC, a continuous charity... It's a promise, essentially, right? And they're not concerned about they're, they're, if whether you pay it back or not is not so much of an issue because the person who gave you the money, the person who gave them the money, gave it as a charity. Whereas with Ma'un, you, better, you have to pay it back. You are bound by the government to pay it back because that money is the, the money of the people who open the, the account holders of the bank. It's a bank. Oh, what a picture that is. He's pick, pick, pulling up pictures of, of, of people praying out in outer space. Yeah. But, uh, so does that make sense? With Ma'un, it's more of a sustainable model, in my opinion, if you ask me. ACC is a quick solution. But Ma'un is a sustainable model where people have to be constantly paying back. So the moment you take a loan, you start paying back $200 a month or $300 a month, whatever it is. You get your ten grand now and start paying back. Because the person who puts the money into the local bank, Ma'un, he needs to use his money, right? So they're, so they're going to have uh, uh, cash on hand all the time. And then some cash will be coming back. That's how it works. But they need more cash. They need more people to open accounts. Open an account with Ma'un. When you, by virtue of opening an account, you don't have to get, you don't have to get alone but just open an account with Ma'un so that they could give that money out and that account it's your money it's not going anywhere the only thing that you're forfeiting is like $25 for administrative fees that's it according to Zahir Bukhara when Khosrow perishes there will be no more Khosrow after him when Caesar perishes, there will be no more Caesar after him. However, there were. No, there weren't. There weren't Caesars after him. Oh, I see what she's saying. You're saying that 
No, no. When the when the, when the Roman perished, there was no that dynasty's over. When the Persian Khosrow perished, that dynasty was over. Yeah, that di- those dynasties were over. So there weren't any. And if there was like a remnant, it when they say perished, it means like it could also mean its effect, their their dominance. Like, for example, there probably was one battle or one moment in history where the British Empire essentially cracked completely. And that British Empire, therefore, its, its impact, its power was finished. Chocolate wallet, do they offer micro loans? Yes, they offer small loans, 5,000, 10,000. Uh, H. Ali Bawi says uh, ACC has a repayment that uh, as a condition. It is a condition to repay. Yes. But do they go after people if they don't pay? I don't know those details. But we'll have that brother on. Um, AZY347, is it disrespectful to fall asleep to listening to the Quran? No, I believe that listening to the Quran at night or whenever and you play and you play it I don't think that's dis- with the intent of listening until you fall asleep I don't think that's disrespectful. No. Is it permissible says Abdul Hadi to say the dua after getting up from a gathering if the gathering you were in had no Muslims you can whisper it under your breath. The, what is the dua of any gathering? Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Nashadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruk wa natubu ilayk. It wipes away all the sins of the gathering. The minor sins. Can we get Sheikh Ibrahim Osiyafa? Can we get Abdul Hakim Murad? Yes, for sure. Inshallah. If someone has a questionable reputation, lack of a classical education, is it possible for a scholar to refuse to be on a panel with somebody of that nature? Nobody has to be nobody has to be on a panel with anybody. But if if I get invited let's say by a masjid, good brother in the masjid says to me, "Hey, come speak at the fundraiser." All right. Go speak at the fundraiser. Lo and behold, I didn't ask who else they invited. Well, maybe I should have asked. Because there is a line. What is the line? I believe that the line should be openly promoting what contradicts Ahl-Sunnah or openly causing fitna in the community. That I would say, no, I'm not going to be on the panel with this person. But if I differ with them on a matter, if they did one or two things that I question, I don't see that that's a justifiable, I don't see that it becomes obligatory. I feel like it would be obligatory to distance myself from such a person if they're promoting promoting nonstop, officially, as their dawah, their message, something that is against ahl sunnah or a fitna. Okay. And they keep, not once or twice, that's their constant. So, and Allah knows best. 
Jan says there's no fake gravity yet. Okay. There is no fake gravity yet. Salman S. says there's a brother praying on the ISS. When, and, and, and Omar had it on the screen. I just saw it. Very interesting. Sophia says try to donate to the villages that are difficult to access. There are many avenues to donate to the people of Morocco. Please do so. What is the bare minimum that makes wudu valid? Washing your face. And what the definition of washing means the water has to flow and you have to touch. Rub the face. The whole face. Including the crevices under the nose, the hairline, down to the jaw. The arms. Including between the fingers. Wipe only the head. Wiping means you a wet hand and you go over your head. Okay? Just touch like that. Then wash your feet up to the ankles, including the heels, but you don't have to get between the toes. And make the intention. The intention's in your heart. How, do, how can a person do tayammum up in space if there's not enough water? He should take a rock with him. Tayammum is a symbolic dry wudu. Okay? It's not wudu, sorry. It's not wudu. It is a dry, symbolic motion with no water that allows you to pray. It's not wudu, though. And you use it with anything that came from nature that human beings have not altered, like a rock. H. Ali Bawi says, I'm not pronouncing their name right, but I don't know what it is. Halibawi, Halbawi, H. Ali Bawi, I don't know what it is. But she's saying that if a student completed the Qalam seminary year, one year, can they continue with Dar al Probably, yeah. Yeah, you can probably start year two. Yeah, probably. Just send us an email. Tell us what you're up to. Go to darulfats.org. For all those listening, Darulfats is our in-person seminary. Okay? We're aiming to be one of the best in the country, if not the world. We're going to get there, inshallah. I have to take the test, though, right? Test into year two. Or if you can get anyone to, to, if you tell us, okay, their name is Halima Alibawi. Uh, if you tell us what you studied, the, our admin will align it up and see if you can fit into year two. Like Most likely the answer is going to be yes. What's that? It's like transferring credits. Yeah, transferring credits because we're not going to make it complicated. We're still a small group, 40, 50 students. Okay. What's Tayyamam in space? Like would moon dust count as Turab? Moon dust, no. Because That's all like, we know is what rises from the earth, okay? So a rock, yeah. take rocks with you. But wood, moon, f- grounds. Yes, probably in Shafi'i Fiqh, not in Maliki Fiqh. Why is that? Because Shafi'i Fiqh says you can make tamam with anything pure. Oh, okay, okay. So Even this table or something, you can make tamam. Oh, yeah, they say that? Okay. Yeah, it's just a... It's just a Montiman makes a little joke there. He says they might have to do the Aqidah class. Listen... Darafat, Safina Saidi, we care a lot about Aqidah. Well, we teach Aqidah heavily, seriously. Right? And we don't mean by that to go and pick fights with anybody, but we study Aqidah seriously. Aqidah Tahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. What? Good point. Huh? Sorry. Uh, someone said, Didn't the moon come from the earth? Didn't the moon come from the earth? La Adri, I never heard about that. Yeah, the moon was formed from the earth. Ah, like. uh, good question. I never knew that. Um,. What constitutes being a member of ISCJ and BIC? It's just literally signing up for membership. That's all it is. You don't even have to step to the masjid once. You sign up for membership, you pay like 20 bucks. Maybe ISCJ, it's a bit more. 
What is the age range of youth mentioned as being in the shade under the shade of Allah? The youth, usually they say, um, youth is up to 40. Some say, no, 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 no. Youth is up to 25. And Allah knows best. Is there such a thing as a valid reason to get a divorce? No, we could say that all any uh, if a man wants to get a divorce, he can get a divorce at any time. Okay? Daydream of Autumn, I'm going to answer your question in a second. But just send your question to info at A man get a divorce at any time. Question it. The divorce, it's valid, right? The question is, He's not sinful to do that, but he may be sinful for damaging his kids, his family, all of that, okay? Hurting them, such as a divorce with no reason, okay? Such as I'm going to divorce a woman and marry another person just because I feel like it. So that injury that you're doing to another Muslim, you may be sinful for. What's the punishment for such a sin? It's going to happen to you, right? It's going to happen. In the biography of Muhammad Ali, he married his childhood sweetheart. When he got to the top, he pushed her to the side and he married a supermodel. Well, what do you think she did to him? When he got old in the 80s and he's no longer the wonderful Muhammad Ali, she pushed him aside and married another guy. The punishment for hurting others is that you yourself will get hurt. Don't hurt others. Okay. So for a woman, it is sinful for her to seek a khula on a whim. Khula means, listen, I'm done being married with you. Let's make a deal. I'll give you the dowry back. I'll give you some other amount of money back. Divorce me. Why? I'm not feeling it. It'll be a valid khula, but she's sinful too. Same reason. Like, why? Why just this disruption? But if there's a reason, their reason is divided into two categories. Abuse and non-abuse. What's the non-abuse reason? Let's say he gains so much weight, I can't fulfill his rights anymore. I, ha- I, star- I now despise him. Okay. Or his finances dropped. I married him at the level that I thought he would. I would live at the normal level. I'm all son of a businessman, a daughter of businessmen, and I expect to live at this level. He can't afford it. He used to be rich. Now he's poor. I just cannot be a grateful wife anymore. I cannot serve him anymore. My heart cannot uh, be grateful anymore because that's the wording that the companion of the prophet used. She said, I fear kufr, meaning the kufr of gratitude. I won't be grateful. So he did nothing wrong. There's no abuse there. There's no shortage of fulfilling his rights. But she can't fulfill his rights anymore. So she, she has to pay money, give back the dowry or some similar amount of money, and he gives the divorce. Okay? Next. There is abuse. Or not fulfilling rights. Like what? My husband, he... I go home and he's mean to me. He doesn't talk to me, right? He ignores me and he doesn't sleep with me. And marriage is supposed to be Sakina. Or worse than that, 
He no longer pays any bills. I have to go work and pay the bills. Now, what, what does a man owe? Does a husband owe a woman everything? No. He owes her the roof, the food, and the clothes on her back. Oh, he didn't have paying my bills, my cell phone bills. He doesn't have to pay for your cell phone. We have to be honest here because some people, they think there's a mistake that's going on, that the man has to pay for everything. No, he doesn't. He just has to pay for your roof, your food, and the clothes on your back at the level that he married you at. So he married you, that you were a woman who came from a middle-class background, like many of us know, that we have a home, we have a bunch of clothes for the different seasons, right? We eat, you know, that which is known in the people as normal. And yet he comes to me and he says, well, according to the book of fiqh, you're going to live in a studio apartment. There's a sack of rice over there. You can cook it if you get hungry, right? And here's a, a jacket for the winter. And that's all you get. And, he, and she, he says, well, that's what the books say. I say, no, it's not acceptable. What murbil urf? It's by the urf. So if he stops providing, stops protecting, let's say this, he's a good guy, but the neighbor keeps walking into the house and gazing at me and touching me sometimes, hugging me, and my husband can't stop him. He doesn't have the power to stop him. So you, he has failed on the level of security, okay? He's failed on the level of securing his wife. So she takes any of those grievances, these are objective grievances, and she says to the judge, my husband, uh, he failed in this regard. The judge says, okay, I divorce you from him. So it's out of the hands of the husbands at this point, and she doesn't have to pay any money back because she has a valid reason, an objectively valid reason. Okay, um, in the absence of the judge, an imam can do it, but imams today they're too afraid to do it because they don't want to destroy homes. But what they've do, they've started to form councils, and on top of that, the problem with it is that uh, they're not recognized authorities. So they could say, "Yes, fatwa, you are divorced from him," but the husband says, "Well, take your fatwa and I rip it up. It means nothing to me." We have. That's why they don't do it. That's another reason they don't do it. Okay. Would mile limit in traveling fiqh apply to space travel, since it's vertical? Yes, it does. And on top of that, you would be a musafir the whole time. You're moving around unless you station. Once you station, halas, you're not a musafir. So uh, that answers the question on space travel also. They're going to have to have a whole book on this. But also, what's that? Yeah, uh, that answers the question on the valid divorce, on the types of divorce. But then also, like, the Earth is rotating, right? So wouldn't you have to go at the same exact... The space station? So you have to be the same exact... Or no? Does that well, make sense? Like if, if you're out in space, you're a traveler the whole time. Because the earth, even if you're stationary, the earth is still moving. So your yeah. house is moving and technically your distance is changing, no? <laughs> That's <laughs> true, but it'll definitely be more than 36 miles. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the moon being a rock from the earth, we can't say is absolute. We can't say that. Is a, specula is a speculative fact or an absolute fact? I guess like chemically, like it's probably the same, no? Like mm. if you were like to compare the earth's dust and like yeah. it's probably the same exact thing. But anyway, when you go to the moon, you're wearing all these gloves anyway. Oh, yeah. Right? You so can't take it off. You can't take it off. Like cold or something. Yeah. Uh, also, there's a whole discussion on prayer off the earth. 
right? Suspended in the air like that, but we're not going to get into that. Some lay Muslim says Zafael saying you can marry someone as young as one year old. Well, the, a man, look, marriage has a couple aspects. One of the facets of the marriage contract is merely the transition of responsibility of protection and, uh, support, financial support. So technically, if a, if a father sees fit when he in in order for him to transfer the protection of this child to another man, that is that is a marriage contract, and he may do that because the Sharia assumes that the unlike today's society that makes the parents demons. No, Sharia assumes parents want the best for their child. Guy on his deathbed, and there's another man there that's his. He's known for the whole life. I'm going to marry my daughter to you. That, that means merely that her prote- she's now under your protection. As for the actual um, uh, fulfillment of the marriage, okay, then in that case, it is only when she can bear it. All right. So, yes, in the Sharia, this is like a very controversial thing, but I'm here to tell you what the Sharia says. A, a father is assumed that he wants what's best for his daughter. So he may contract, make a contract with another man, which is a marriage contract, that he would take over the care of my daughter because I can't do it anymore. Okay? And the food, the support, the protection of the girl will be on that man. Then when the girl comes of age and is physically capable, then we can discuss now the issue of the uh, consummation of the marriage. The consummation can only have... So marriage is not just sex. It's not just having sex with the girl. It is the protection of the girl. We don't, we don't understand that now. But the Sharia did not just come for modern Americans and British and Europeans. The Sharia came for people who lived in very small villages where it is very possible that a man has a daughter and is dying... And there's no one else to take care of the daughter. She's like four years old. He's going to contract the marriage, make a marriage contract on her behalf to another man in the village that he trusts. Okay. After she marries, if a girl marries, or she has reached a certain age where she is very, she understands the world. Okay. Then he has to consult her. And even that, I have to check where the, the, the conditions are. But there is a limit to when a man can marry off his daughter. And the limit is when, so what is the purpose that Allah has allowed this? It's because sometimes that is necessary, right, for protection. All right. Could you call that marriage betrothal? No, betrothal is, a, is an agreement to do something in the future. Engagement. We agree to marry in the future. That's an engagement. But this is no, an actual marriage. Why? Because a betrothal does not have any sharia rulings attached to it, except from other men to propose to the woman. They're not allowed to propose to her anymore. Right? So you got a very beautiful woman, and you need to eliminate the competition real quick because you're not that great of a guy. But for some reason, she's accepting you. Okay? Let's get engaged. As soon as we get engaged... 
basically, no one else can can come and propose to her. Happens all the time in small societies. Yeah, in small communities, you can have a girl who's like a 10 and a guy who's like a 5. But she didn't know many other guys. She's like, oh, I'll take this guy. He got to get engaged quick, right? Because if another 10 walks through the door of the masjid, you're in trouble. Right? So he get engaged quick. We are over the time. We got to stop and we got to get to work and uh, join ArcView. Can you put up ArcView Arabic in specific? Sheikh Mahdi Lak is teaching Shafi Fiqh, ladies and gentlemen, and Arabic for Safina Society this September. Next week, we start up. Sign up for arcview.org, okay? arcview.org. Sign up, okay? Arabic, and he teaches Shafi Fiqh as well. And I will personally start sending emails to all ArcV students with some secrets on how to study online. Because there are ways, if you know these secrets to studying online, these techniques, these tricks, these, not tricks, but techniques, these um, pieces of advice, you can benefit greatly from online. If you are already part of ArcView Basic or ArcView Plus, it's going to say ArcView Basic Course, ArcView Basic uh, Plus, ArcView Plus Course. Unsubscribe from that and resubscribe to the new bundle of either Arabic, Basic Plus, or Kids. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Barakallahu um, Fikum. Very good Q&A today, mashallah. Uh, final question. We can't find the book Divine for Critical Minds by Rehan Zaidi in the UK. All right. Can you talk to Mecca Books to stock up? Yes, inshallah, we will. All right, ladies and gentlemen, subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Nashadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruk wa natubu ilayk wal asr. Inna al-insana lafi khusr. Illa al-ladhina amanu wa aminu al-salihat. Wa tawasaw bil-haq. Wa tawasaw bil-sabr. Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Oh